The top offense in the NBA faced the top defense in the NBA, and the defense won. A statement made by the Orlando Magic on this early season as they get ready for a big homestand. It's time to recap it all here on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 19th. It will be November 20th, 2023. My name is Phil Prosperike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, do not let that final score up there fool you. The Orlando Magic's defense dominates the Indiana Pacers and gets a big statement win. But what does that mean for the rest of the league? We're going to talk a little bit about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. We are now uh, 13 games into this NBA season, uh, and the Orlando Magic have gotten off to a really strong start. Eight and five. It, this team has not been eight and five very much in the last decade. Uh, let's let's put it that way. Um, this team, you know, you you can't win a playoff spot in the first quarter of the season. You can certainly put yourself in a very deep hole. See last season, this Magic team has begin has begun to define itself and, and to tell us what they what they are, and, and more importantly what they're going to become because it's still a very, very young team and we want to we want to give them the space to grow and, and show us what they will turn into. Having said that then, we are still looking for ways to, to for this team to prove itself. We are still thinking, okay, is what we're seeing real? Is it just a, a one-time thing? Is it just a uh, oh, the, they had a really good day, and, and that happens a lot. It's an 82-game season. A lot happens. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. And as they always say, you're never as good as your worst. You're never as good as you think you are, never as bad as you think you are either. We're trying to figure out what is consistency for this team. And yes, there have been bumps in the road, to say the least. A lot of blown second-half leads. We will talk a little bit about that, but not very much because it doesn't matter. Um, there have been a lot of blown leads, a lot of opportunities that have slipped through this team's fingers, and, and the team knows that, even if they are a bit, I wouldn't say satisfied, but pleased with the way that they've started this season, despite the schedule that they've had to face, and a six-game homestand is coming at a really, really, really nice time, uh, and it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun one here at the Amway Center over the next week and a half. This team, though, is trying to establish itself. And so Sunday presented, at least for the NBA nerds, if not for ESPN and for the national broadcasters, Sunday presented an opportunity 
to see where we're at in a lot of ways. The stats say it all, even at this early stage of the season, the Magic came into the game with the top defense in the league. And, and while, yes, the numbers are still floating around, they're not quite sticky yet. The Magic have stayed in the top five pretty consistently throughout the whole season. We, we could safely say the Magic, at this moment, have at least a top five defense. Same for the Indiana Pacers. They have the top offensive rating in the league entering this game. And they have been first, second, third. You know, they've been top five throughout the entire season so far. That's something consistent. So what happens when these two forces meet? And don't think the Magic didn't know. Don't think these Magic players didn't know what this matchup at least tangentially represented. At least at this point, what it represented. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Magic announced to the entire league how good they are with what they did on, on Sunday night. We're not quite there yet. But for this young team to play the way they did Sunday night, to completely obliterate, to completely dominate the Indiana Pacers, to make it known that their brand of defense can stand up to the best offense in the league, something they did for only a half against the Dallas Mavericks and against the Atlanta Hawks. And look, this team still has a lot to improve on. But for this team to thoroughly dominate three quarters of a game, to make the fourth quarter completely irrelevant against a team like the Pacers and what they've done offensively this year, that is a major statement. That is a major confidence boost. That is a major foundational piece for this young Magic team as they continue to grow and develop. Orlando is coming home home to the Amway Center with a 3-1 and road trip and a lot to feel very good about. And a lot of confidence in what they're doing. Let me just say, the game plan and the execution of that game plan Sunday night against the Indiana Pacers was magnificent. It was incredible to watch. You could see the magic hunting shooters. You could see them communicating switches. You could see them protecting the rim and and spraying out to... To, to, to get to shooters and to make sure the Pacers' offense never even got comfortable. You could see them executing offense and doing their part, not turning the ball over until there was less than a minute to play in the second quarter. By then, Orlando already had a 34-point halftime lead. 34-point halftime lead. The game was over at halftime. Even though Magic fans are nervous, they built as much as a 40-point lead in this game. This was domination. Orlando gave up an 80 an 80 defensive rating or an 80 defensive rating at the half. They were at like 96 something at, at the end of three quarters. Indiana found some found a groove. They found a little something in the third quarter. They won the third quarter. But the game was over. The Magic buried the Pacers. They did with their offense as much as they did with their defense, but this defense is what's going to win games for the Orlando Magic. And that's the statement that keeps getting made in big game after big game and win after win after win. Yes, Orlando is still a very flawed team. Um, The turnovers are really bad, and in this game, they weren't an issue. Orlando had nine of their turnovers in the fourth quarter when the game didn't matter. They only had two turnovers at the half. I think they were at at, uh, six or seven at halftime, after three quarters. Like This was destruction. 
And on the other end, Orlando was forcing a ton of turnovers. I mean, the numbers in so many ways say it all. And that's not even getting to the Paolo Bancaro dunk and, and, and everything like that. I mean, the numbers just say it all. Orlando gave up an 80 defensive rating at halftime. They had a 97 and a half defensive rating through three quarters. They led by 29 at the end of the third quarter. None of their starters, save for rookie Anthony Black, played in the fourth quarter. Really, most of their rotation players didn't play for most of the fourth quarter. They just took it to them over and over and over and over again. Orlando tallied at halftime alone, 49 points in the paint, 15 fast break points. The Pacers shot to six for 22 from three through three quarters. Again, just thorough destruction of a team that is supposed to be the best offense in the league. I want to repeat that. The Indiana Pacers entered the game with the best offense in the league. And Orlando just shut them out. Deflections, steals, turnovers, just frustration. They fouled to stop fast breaks in in real subtle ways. They did little things throughout the course of the game to slow down the Pacers, allow their defense to get set, and just said, you're not scoring on us. All the while just cutting through their Swiss cheese defense to score at the rim at will. The Magic didn't need to shoot threes. The Pacers didn't get the memo that you're supposed to collapse the paint against this Magic team. Orlando made enough threes to loosen them up and just ate at the paint. The Magic had like 40 free throws in the game. Like This was constant pressure on all of the pressure points that Indiana faces. And frankly, Rick Carlisle had no answers. He was searching for them. He had no answers. There, 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 honestly, there is not much to say about this game except to kick back and enjoy it. To kick back and say, whew, that was a win. And yeah, the deep bench gave the game away. The lead got down to as low as 11. Uh, it was as much as 40 points. It got down to 11. The deep bench had no shooting, no real flow, turned the ball over nine times, played Admiral Schofield at center. The team wasn't happy about it, but everyone knows the starters weren't coming back in in that fourth quarter. The Pacers weren't really threatening. They never had enough time to get back in the game. And if they did, the Magic would have put their foot down, I think, pretty quickly. This is a statement that this defense is for real. And it's really, like so many other things, just about the Magic taking care of themselves, taking care of their business. And when they do that, they win basketball games. Plain and simple. A big win for the Orlando Magic. We're going to go over the box score in our second segment. I'm going to save the, the talk about the rest of the league here. For the third segment, we'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Look, daily fantasy games are really, really tough. They can be really, really confusing. If you want to win money, if you want to make the most of your daily fantasy time, you need simple. And that's why Prize Picks is the daily fantasy game for you. There's no complicated player pools, no complicated standings, no complicated salary caps. It's just you versus the numbers. All you have to do is put together a a, a, a grouping of two, at least two players, can be up to up to six, I believe. Um, you could and say whether they would score more or less than their Prize Picks projections. If you think Stephen Curry is going to score more than 29 points, you say that. 
If you think Nikola Jokic will grab less than 10 rebounds, you say that. It's honestly that simple, and you can combine sports with your entries, put some football games, put some basketball games. You can do so many great things, and there's so much flexibility to make sure you get the entry that's going to win you the prize. And if you get uh, an entry of six, six correct picks, you can win up to 25 times your money. It's really that easy, and prize picks offer so many great deals to give you the best chance you can to win get win games. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA, use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to As we do every time, we're going to go over the box score for the Orlando Magic's win over the Indiana Pacers. We're going to do that second because we're going to talk bigger kind of future-looking things that we talked, you know, to build off of our earlier point. But I want to make sure we highlight this game. And, you know, I mentioned that the fourth quarter was really, really ugly. Um, A lot of turnovers, not a lot of flow, not a lot of ball movement, complete opposite. You know, honestly, like I had some people, you know, either criticizing me for saying the fourth quarter left a bad taste in our mouths, but it doesn't matter. I had some people saying the fourth quarter was really concerning. And I was just like, no, it really wasn't. It's not anything. So let me, you know, we'll get to the full numbers. Let me throw up just the the numbers through the first three quarters. Okay. Here's the, here are the numbers through three quarters. Or uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, I'm going to say them all here. Orlando led Indiana through three quarters, 107 to 78. They shot 52.1% from the floor to to Indiana's 41.1%. Orlando had just five turnovers. So I got that number wrong earlier. Two turnovers in the first half. Again, two turnovers in the final minute of the first half. Uh, three turnovers in the entire third quarter. They took 29, they made 29 of 34 free throws, getting to the foul line like crazy. Indiana only 12 for 17 from the foul line. Indiana had 14 turnovers. Orlando was just feasting off of those turnover points. They were getting out in transition, just doing whatever they want. And you see it there at the bottom, fourth quarter points. Indiana scored 38 fourth quarter points to Orlando's 21. Again, Orlando, their deep bench was in. Jordan Wara went nuts. Isaiah Jackson was was played really, really well. Indiana played with a lot of played with the energy they needed. Earlier in the game, Carlisle found something, but starters were not coming back in. The lead was too big. Again, Orlando led by as much as 40 points in this game. Like I said, this was complete domination. I think Jalen Suggs said it best after the game. This was like a boxing match. They both, again, everybody knew that this was the number one defense versus the number one offense. And Jalen Suggs said, it's like a, it was like a boxing match. You had to hit him in the mouth first. Um, Orlando hit Indiana in the mouth. I think they led nine, nothing. Indiana called three timeouts in the first, first quarter. Orlando hit him in the, in the mouth, never, never looked back, never stopped punching. They just kept coming at Indiana and, and making them defend the rim, which the Pacers did not want to do. Um, and, and just really did whatever they wanted in this game. It, it was a, 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 I'm serious, guys, just a truly impressive defensive performance, um, top to bottom. And, and, and obviously that happens too because of how good the Magic's offense was. Let's talk about our sponsor TBD player of the game. That is Sir Paolo Bancaro. We didn't even talk about the big dunk that he had over Jalen Smith. Um, just stuck, you know, sneaking in the backcourt, got a steal, saw the runway, 
clear Jalen Smith dunked it over him, got the foul. It, it was it was just it was just awesome. Palo's Palo's great. Um, twenty four points for Palo, nine for fourteen shooting. Got to whatever spot he wanted on the floor. Took a ton of shots, six or seven, six or seven from the foul line. Three rebounds, no assists, which is rare for him. Um, but he did, but only one turnover. He added two blocks for good measure. Um, this again, Paolo was great defensively, which which helps. But like so much of this game was just Paolo picking on Indiana's defense. I mean, Indiana's defense is not good this year, but Orlando did a really good job recognizing and targeting the switches. Um, Indiana switched almost one through five, and so they would run Paolo as a screener on a lot of on a lot of picks. He'd get the matchup he wanted immediately. Post up in the mid or low post, Orlando would get him the ball. He would just take Benedict Matherin on the block and just eat him alive. Quick moves to the basket, quick drawing fouls, you know, just just very decisive. And, and again, that's that's been the big thing with Paolo this year. Like when Paolo's quick and aggressive, there's no one that can stop him. Um, you know, he's trying to be a better passer. He's trying to be, you know, trying to share the ball a lot more and his passing is is very good um, and has gotten a lot better. But that's led to some turnovers and that's led to some mistakes. This game was just raw. I'm going to score it over you. It, it, I'm not going to mess around this game. He did that. And, and look, Orlando ended the game with, um, let me make sure I'm not, that, that's through the first three quarters. Um, Orlando through the first three quarters. Let me actually look at that. Orlando through the first three quarters at 17 assists on 37 makes. Uh, they end the game with 21 assists on 43 makes. So, you know, 17 assists through three quarters. Or, Orlando is moving the ball decently well. Uh, and, and you know, but they are getting their fair share of shots where they're, getting to the foul line where they're, you know, just taking guys off the dribble. Like Franz was really good at that. He had 19 points on six for 14 shooting seven for seven from the foul line. I love seeing Franz get to the foul line, seven rebounds, two steals for him. Just making some really, really nice plays like both Paolo and Franz. Like, look, Indiana's paint defense is terrible. Um, they gave up 66 points in the paint. Indiana ended up with 64 points in the paint. But again, through three quarters, Orlando outscored Indiana 62 to 48 in the paint. You can see why Orlando struggled in the fourth quarter. Didn't get anything in the paint. Um, but 62 to 48 in the paint through through three quarters, 17 to six on fast break points through three quarters. Again, Orlando just able to put themselves in such a good spot to just, you know, put their thumb on the pacers and 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 really make them hurt and make it hard for them uh to get anything going. Jalen Suggs was really the one who set the tone for this game uh, on both ends. Nine of his 18 points came in the first quarter. He was six for eight from the floor, one for two from deep, five for six from the foul line, three rebounds. He only had one steal, but again, just like so disruptive, just able to get deflections, able to be in passing lanes, attack the basket. Honestly, there there's parts of the game where I was like, he's moving too fast. He's the only one that seems like that he really wants to pick up the pace. And, and, and I did not think that was necessarily something the magic should do. Um, but but, you know, he was effective with it. You know, sometimes he's out of control. He was one time he was out of control. He got foul foul anyway, but um, sometimes he was out of control. But, you know, he really does a good job pushing the magic to push the pace a little bit more uh, to try and create some early offense. Got to be a little bit smarter with his decisions on that, but it, it worked today. So so nothing to complain about. Um, other notable guys, Goga Batadze, eight points, three for five shooting, eight rebounds, two assists, four blocks in his return to Indiana. Um, the blocks were really big. Uh, Orlando had six block had had ten blocks, four of them from Goga Batadze, two of them from Anthony Black. Uh, he was Goga was just all over the place defensively protecting the rim. Not you know Orlando's again. Orlando's defense was really good. They switched a lot too, um, but that kept them from that kept them defending the three point line. And Goga Batadze just cleaned up everything that anything that got in the paint. 
Um, Orlando is really committed to limiting three-point attempts. And certainly, if not limiting three-point attempts, contesting every three-point attempt. They did such a good job with that. And so much of that, that linchpin was Goga Batadze. Off the bench, Cole Anthony uh, or Mo Wagner ends up with 16 points, 6 for 10 shooting. But Cole Anthony, 15 points, 5 for 12 shooting. He's kind of getting stuck in that in-between game where he's not making shots. But again, he's, he's getting, that's kind of his role is just to kind of keep driving into the paint, keep trying to make some of those runners. Um, Gary Harris just always kills in Indiana, 13 points, 4 for 6 shooting, 3 for 3 from deep. A really solid, solid game from him. And we got to give a special shout out to Joe Ingles. Did not score in this one, but six assists for Joe Ingles. Um, again, just keeping that ball moving. Uh, my my joke right now is that every line, if you want to fix any lineup the Magic have, put Joe Ingles in it, and that that's proven uh, to be fairly accurate uh, for for this team. Orlando finishes the game shooting forty three for eighty seven. That's forty nine point four percent to seven for twenty from from three. Thirty five for forty two from the foul line. Again, fifteen turnovers for twenty one Indiana points. Nine of those turnovers, though, came in the fourth quarter. Nine of the, or ten of those turnovers actually came in the fourth quarter thir- for 13 Indiana points. Again, that was just the fourth quarter didn't matter. It was bad. It, 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 it isn't representative of Magic basketball. It's going to hurt all the Magic stats. Um, Orlando won this game handily. It was it was done after three quarters, uh, and and that's that's really all that needs to be said. Indiana was led in scoring by Jordan Wara with 19 points. Again, most of that coming end of the third and throughout the fourth quarter. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, only 12 points on four for 14 shooting. He was a minus 30. Orlando did not give up a Tyrese Halliburton field goal in the first half. Um, really did a great job on him. He only had three assists. Really, really great game from him. They fouled out Benedict Matherin. Matherin had 14 points on four for 12 shooting, uh, six rebounds, six fouls. Paolo just victimized him all game long. Indiana does end up shooting 44.2%, 8 for 31 from three. That's 25.8% for those who can't, who can't uh, divide. Um, 24 for 31 from the foul line. Uh, 16 turnovers for 23 Orlando points. That that was a big decisive factor in this game. Again, Orlando did their work early. They built an insurmountable lead. And sure, the fourth quarter was frustrating to watch, but you know the lineup the Magic were using for most of that fourth quarter was Anthony Black, Jet Howard, Caleb Houston, Chuma OKK, and Admiral Schofield. Um, you know, Chuma Chuma did some good things. Anthony did some okay things. Anthony Black and Cole Anthony in that quarter did some okay things. Um, it was not that's not a lineup we're ever going to see again. And if the Magic are playing that lineup, it means there's a lot of injuries that that we need to be worried about, or it's a blowout. At the end of the day, the Magic won the game one twenty eight to one sixteen, and that's all that really matters. When we come back, though, we're going to talk about the statement the Magic can make to the rest of the league, how they carry over this defense to a big-time homestand, a big-time week at that. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL.
the Magic are sitting here at eight and five. Again, the Ma- we have not been sitting here at eight and five. We've not been sitting here at what fifth, I think, in the Eastern Conference at the moment. Um, at this late stage in the season, very often, you know, the the night the 2016 Magic that went 19 and 13 under Scott Skiles is probably the closest we can come to this. Um, you know, by this point in the 2021 season, you know, Marco Fultz had suffered his injury. The team had started to fall apart. Um, you know, this is this is not new territory. We've been here, obviously, but this is relatively new territory for this team. Um, and us being Magic fans and us being Magic followers, the thing we're looking for is some national validation. Um, yes, a lot of people still believe Orlando is a plucky young team. They're a they were a trendy pick to make the playoffs this year, but no one is really talking about them. And, and frankly, that's still deserved. Orlando is still bottom bottom five in the league in offensive rating. Uh, maybe not after this game, but they're a team that struggles offensively. And there is a lot to figure out on that end. And, and look, as frustrating as the offense can be, this season is about building the defense. This season is about building a defense and a defensive culture that we can carry over year to year to year to year. That can that 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 the veteran players on this team can hold newcomers accountable to. Um, because yes, we are going to have to solve the offense at some point, and yes, that's probably going to mean bringing in some new players. The goal this year is to be. Such a good defense that A, it accomplishes your overall season goals, and B, it becomes part of the culture of the franchise, part of who this team is. And look, the numbers from this game aren't going to help Orlando. That their defensive rating is going to is going to get bigger or worse after this because of the way that fourth quarter went. But the Magic did some great defensive work in this game. The Magic proved themselves to be an elite defensive team. And especially when they focus in, when they're not committing silly mistakes on offense with turnovers, this Magic defense is elite. They have established that. They did that against Milwaukee uh, last week at the Amway Center. They did that again against Indiana. For you know, for a half against Atlanta, they certainly did that, did that even if they didn't come out with the win. There's still work to do to get to that consistency. And, and, and that's that's really what this whole thing is about is building the consistency to be this way every night, to for every team to come to facing Orlando, whether it's at home or away, defense travels, whether it's at home or away, to know, oh, we've got a battle. We've got to figure this Orlando defense out because it is tough. It's disruptive. It gets deflections. It gets steals. It takes you out of what you want to do. And... That's who this Magic team wants to be. That's who this Magic team wants to become. And they have slowly become that. Um, They have very much established themselves as that kind of team. Now, of course, we got to prove it again and again and again and again. And this is a great week to do that. You know, Toronto is not a team to look past. They dropped 140 on Detroit on, on Sunday Sunday afternoon, too. Um, don't look past Toronto, but that's a game the Magic have to continue to prove themselves that we're better than our equals. Then they get Denver, the defending champs at home. They get Boston on Friday. What this season is missing and what the Magic are missing to make a statement not only for themselves and, and, and their confidence for themselves, but for the rest of the league, are these marquee wins. And the Magic are on the doorstep of doing that. They did it against Milwaukee, but they have a lot of 
you know, I, I even I will sit here and say, okay, yeah, Milwaukee and Indiana were both very complete performances. But they had bad offensive, bad defensive outings against a, a very good Brooklyn offense, against a very good Clippers offense at the time, against a very good Hawks offense. It's a very, very good Mavericks offense, number two in the league in offensive rating entering the day. This is a Magic team that is still establishing who they are. And again, I, I want to repeat, that is what this season is about. Yes, it's about making the play, play in and playoffs and, and, and all that and taking that next step as a franchise and taking that next step as a team. But as far as team building, this season is all about establishing this defensive culture. This ability to be an elite defensive team. Because if you're elite at something, you are going to the postseason. The results will take care of themselves if you are elite at something. If you are good at something, night in and night out. And this Magic team is good at something, night in and night out. This Magic team does its work and takes care of its business, night in and night out, on the defensive end. And Sunday was just more proof of this. Frankly, as big as it would be to beat Denver and Boston, and that that is important. Like you need to be able to beat these teams. We're gonna, you know, when we get to the playoffs, we're gonna be facing these teams. But it's not so much for external validation; it's for internal confidence. You could hear it in the voice of Jalen Suggs of Paolo Banquero as they talked after this game and after the two games they had against Chicago, which were fantastic defensive games, despite the collapses. Um. This is a team that is brimming with confidence. This is a team that knows who it is and is still learning how to be that every day. That know if they play their style of basketball, if they, they, if they are who they are, they can take care, they can beat anybody in the league. That at this point, it is not their talent that is holding them back or keeping them from winning. It's their execution. At the end of the day, that's what you want. You want it to be about execution, not about talent. You want it to be about what you do and how you play so that it's all within your control. I mean, let's let's be real. The last few outings, the last few games, or the last few years, we could look at the schedule and say, that's not, a, you know, that's a team we have to be perfect to beat. The Magic aren't saying that anymore. The Magic know they can beat anybody in the league. And they know it's on them to execute at that level. They know they have to be the ones that make the decisions to win or lose games. They have to be the one that have the poise when things are chaotic to win, to win or lose. Honestly, like the offensive performance was impressive on Sunday. The defensive performance was really impressive. But it was the ability to control the pace of that game. To make Indiana panic. To make Indiana have to figure out how to break this magic defense because Orlando was so in tune and so good at taking Indiana out of what they do best. That's what good defensive teams do. They make plays at the rim and they make steals and all that stuff. That's important. But defensive teams are disruptive. Indiana couldn't, couldn't disrupt Orlando if they tried and, and, and that they really didn't seem to be trying in that first half. Orlando was just everywhere. And Indiana didn't have any ideas on how to break them down. You know, Halliburton got himself going a little bit in the third quarter, but they ran out of ideas real fast on how to take the Magic out of what they were trying to do on both ends of the floor. 
at the end of the day, like, yes, we want ESPN talking about this. I, I would love that because that probably means more traffic and more eyeballs and more viewers and all that stuff. Um, yes, you want those people talking about you because that means you're relevant. That means you are competing for the top prize for what really matters. But what the Magic are seeking is respect around the league, acknowledgement and focus from the best teams in the league because that's how this defense gets tested. Indiana knew that heading into this game, and you know maybe there was a little bit of rust because they hadn't played since Tuesday. I suspected that might be something that could happen. But they just got thoroughly outworked. And Indiana could figure the puzzle out. Chicago really couldn't figure out the puzzle, and they had two cracks at it. It took Brooklyn three quarters to really figure it out, and that was a bad defensive game from Orlando. Now Orlando comes home. Six-game homestand. Not an easy week by any stretch of the imagination, but Washington, but Charlotte and Washington on the back end of this. Six-game homestand and a chance to really make their mark on the standings. A 4-2, and two, a, even a 5-1 and one homestand means we are in business. We are cooking with gas, and we are in a really good spot to achieve every goal this team has and to make the league stand up and recognize it. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of my personal podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. And also check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub, patreon.com slash Hub. Lots of great extra content on there. And of course, please uh, please join. Let me know what kind of content you're looking for. I'm here to provide content for you. Um, And so I'd love to know what you would like to see and and pay a little bit for uh, as well. Thank you all for, thank you to those who join uh, for uh, supporting me and and, and all my work and endeavors. And hopefully I can uh, repay that as well. Don't forget to check out uh, also the new new uh, promotion from the Locked On, Locked On family. Locked On has now launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel today. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic, we will preview the week and why the magic of the cup is a big deal for Orlando and and now for the Orlando Magic. We're going to get to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.